Welcome to a very special episode of Scream Scene Podcast, where we watch every horror movie ever made in chronological order, and then we rank them from best to worst. And sometimes, like with today, you guys appeal, where we have ranked a film, and we have appeal episodes such as this. Thanks for listening. My name's Sarah. And I'm Ben. Yeah, so uh, today is a listener engagement episode, where we are... uh, responding to an appeal we got from a listener. And before we get into the body of that, uh, there was another listener that I wanted to bring up really quickly, who we got an an email from as well. And that was uh, Ava Sumis. I I, I assume I'm saying that right. I I apologize if I'm not. You assume I assume that I am saying that right. I apologize if I'm not. And Ava sent us a very nice uh, email about how much she enjoys the show and uh, how much it means to her, and we just wanted to say thank you so much for the email, Ava. Thank you, Ava. It really brightened up the Scream Scene Castle, which wasn't good for Ben's vampiric skin, but certainly made me feel good. And uh, then getting to sort of the the heart of the matter today is another email from listener uh, Nick Harold is one of our patrons on Patreon. Oh, is he really? Yes. You made uh, a big long bit out of his name being Nicholas, and therefore he was Santa Claus. I don't remember that at all. Mm -hmm. But thank you so much, Nick, for supporting us and also sending in this appeal. We encourage listeners to send in appeals, comments, questions, whatever, either through our ask box on our website, screamscenepodcast.tumblr.com, or to email us directly, like Nick has, at screamscenepodcast at gmail.com. And Nick sent in an appeal and also a movie suggestion of a movie that we uh, missed, uh, that we were not aware of the existence of, uh, and that was Song at Midnight, oh. uh, which we will be doing for the show. A very thoughtful guy. All right, so what does he say about the ghoul? What does he want us to reconsider? So I'll just read uh, what he sent in here. He says... The appeal is The Ghoul, which you've mentioned on the show a couple of times as being a rough patch on the list. There are two movies in particular on the list that it compares unfavorably with that it's currently ranked higher than. The first is The Black Room, which features no less than three great Boris Karloff performances, (laughs) compared to The Ghoul, which he spends most of doing his Frankenstein shtick. The other is White Zombie. I know you're not as crazy about White Zombie as a lot of other critics are, but the mood setting of the film and Lugosi's performance as Murder Legranda both strike me as being more memorable than The Ghoul. So if we look at the list, we can see that The Ghoul is ranked at 33 currently, under The Man They Could Not Hang, and above the 1926 version of The Student of Prague. The Black Room is down at 35, and White Zombie is all the way down at number 43. That's not too far down. (laughs) So what do you think about Nick's uh, suggestions here? The idea that specifically sort of what he's bringing up is the central villainous performances. uh, Karloff's performance in The Ghoul versus his performance in Black Room or versus Lugosi's in White Zombie. I'm I'm sort of inclined to agree with what he's talking about here about the... um, sort of more memorable nature of those other two movies. I have a really hard time 
remembering the ghoul on a good day. So, what do you think? I definitely would agree about the comparison with the ghoul and the black room. Um, Because, I mean, the black room, the two things about that movie that makes it super enjoyable to watch is the way that all the pieces come together, but also seeing Karloff really have fun with acting. Because he plays the nice twin, the bad twin, and the bad twin pretending to be the nice twin. Yes. You know, it's it's really good. Um, whereas in The Ghoul, uh, he's kind of just doing the mummy thing. Yeah, well, I mean, he's doing the mummy thing mixed with the Frankenstein thing. But he's also like, because he's dying at the start. Yeah, he dies um, and says that I need to be buried with this ruby. And that's how he's going to, like, come back. Because uh, he, tr- he he's, like, an Egyptologist and he'll trade the ruby for his soul or something like that. And then it's a bit of an old dark house where everyone comes to the funeral. And there's some people who are trying to break into the crypt to try to get the ruby. Mm-hmm. Um, others who are just, like, like the romantic pair uh, just get kind of thrown into this whole thing without knowing any of the details. So it's kind of a bad old dark house mixed with Egypt and spookiness. Yeah, it's 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 sort of a big pile of tropes. Yeah, which like the black room is as well, but it's there. It's employing these tropes in a very interesting way because you want those tropes to be fulfilled. Well, I think also the black room's a little bit more unique in the overall horror canon for, like, the period setting and kind of having a story that, you know, is not the same as what everything else was happening at the time. I mean, like, The Black Room's a Columbia horror movie starring Boris Karloff where he's not, you know, a mad scientist who is bringing someone back to life or has been brought back to life. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I would agree with putting the ghoul below the where The Black Room is. Um, And then to compare it with White Zombie is also interesting because, like, that has Lugosi just doing the Dracula shtick. Right. Yeah, I mean, White Zombie certainly has, like, a a good mood setting, as Nick says, and has the sort of, the honor of introducing, like, Haitian voodoo and zombies into the horror movie um, milieu, which, like, certainly has, like, a huge effect on horror movies and the genre as a whole. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's just Dracula again, but it's finding an interesting way to do that plot line in like a new place under the auspices of like a new folklore, which like that isn't just Eastern European, uh, which is interesting. However, there's a big swath of movies between the black room and white zombie as well. You know, we've got Frankenstein meets the Wolfman and Night Monster and Fall of the House of Usher and Fan of the Convent and Captive Wild Woman and Dr. Reynolds' Secret and Rolex Hand. Wow, Captive Wild Woman is a lot higher on this list than I thought it was. <laughs> How did Captive Wild Woman get up above, like, the Hands of Orlac or White Zombie or Invisible Ghost? Half of Captive Wild Woman is another different movie. <laughs> Was John Carradine really that good in that movie? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But so, like, okay, well, we're not we're not talking Captive Wild. No, oh, no. Okay. okay, but my point is, is the Ghoul worse than all of those movies too? You know. Um. In terms of quality of horror movies, 
I think The Fall of the House of Usher, El Fantasma del Convento, like those, I think, have a level of care put into them that the ghoul does not have. Captive Wild Woman is just a fever dream of something at the zoo. The circus. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I feel like, if we're looking at this range, the highest that, now that we're reconsidering the ghoul, the highest I would probably put it is near and around Captive Wild Woman down to the Raven at 46, because, like, White Zombie's right in the middle there. But the Raven is also a little uninspired in that it's, like, the same old, like, old guy trying to get with girl who's with another guy. Mm-hmm. What we enjoyed about the Raven was mostly Lugosi kind of lording it over Karloff. Bateman! Get me the thing from over there on the other side of the room, Bateman. That kind of stuff. Um, the ghoul, like, did have stuff that we liked about it. Like, I remember we really liked the cinematography mm-hmm. of the ghoul, which was very, like, dark and spooky. Yeah, because this movie is from 1933. Mm-hmm. So that's before a lot of the spookiness, the kind of, like, German expressionist cinematography was really... A cornerstone of horror. And it was um, also Karloff's big return to England after having spent his entire professional life away. Uh, That was kind of one of its significant factors. Um, And it had a lot of, like, you know, like Ernest Theisiger's in it, um, along with a few other people. Um, I want to say Cedric Hardwick is in it, which, that's wild if true. You know where I'm kind of looking, Sarah, is I'm kind of inclined to agree with Nick about putting it below White Zombie Simply due to, like, you know, yes, we're not as big a fan of White Zombie as other critics are, as Nick says, but, like, White Zombie does have a lot of, like, memorable, unique elements to it. Like, it is introducing a lot of new factors to horror, whereas The Ghoul is just taking stuff that other movies have done and remixing it, right? Yeah. The Ghoul is the mummy and the old dark house mixed together. So I'm kind of inclined, you know, right below White Zombie there's Invisible Ghost, which you really liked for its sort of weird gothic horror mm-hmm. themes and the you know the performance that Lugosi gives and the weird like old undead wife of his and so yeah on. yeah it was a very interesting movie right below that is Dead Men Walk which is Dracula if Dracula and Van Helsing were the same dude or twin brothers actually yeah um. And it's also a PRC movie, and it's George Zuko just sort of acting against George Zuko, (laughs) and Dwight Fry being Renfield again, essentially. And I'm kind of inclined to put The Ghoul above that simply due to the fact that I think The Ghoul is a lot more professionally made, or like competently made, like... Yeah, yeah. um, And I think has a lot more, you know, you were talking about the amount of care and attention going into some of these movies, I think The Ghoul has a lot more care and attention in it than Dead Men Walk. So that's kind of where I'm I'm kind of looking. Do you concur? I would concur. What are your thoughts then about Invisible Ghost? Because you did invoke it. I think Invisible Ghost is more interesting. Like, Invisible Ghost is a monogram movie, so you could make the same argument that, like, it's a little cheaper. But I think Invisible Ghost has more interesting ideas happening in it than... The ghoul does, even if Invisible Ghost's execution of those ideas is a little wild. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. All right. So uh, coming down from number 33 to number 44 on the list is The Ghoul. 
from 1933, dropping 11 spots. If you would like to see this list, you can go to our website, screamscenepodcast.tumblr.com. There you can find links to the other episodes um, that we've mentioned today. So that would be The Black Room, episode 53, or White Zombie, episode 32, or, you know, what the heck, Invisible Ghost, episode 85. Just uh, plug it in as much as possible, because it's a very, very much a hidden classic to me. If you would like to appeal this appeal or any other ranking on the list, get in touch with us. ScreamScenePodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at underscore ScreamScene. Thank you so much, Nick, for sending in this appeal. We're going to be looking at Nick's uh, movie suggestion, Song at Midnight, on the next regular episode of Scream Scene. Scream Scene updates every Wednesday on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play for its regular episodes. We appreciate it when you leave ratings or reviews, or if, like Nick, you head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast, where you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month and gain access to bonus audio and horror short fiction at 5 and $10, respectively. Well, like Ben said, our next regular episode is Song at Midnight, and we hope you will tune in then. Till then, creatures of the night. Bye. Bye.